the Doctor, Jamie and Zoe stumble across a band of pirates that are attacking space beacons for the rich mineral Argonite. Can they restore law and order back to the galaxy? This is Space Pirates. Welcome to Regenerated. There's nothing on the other side, just space. Hmm? It appears that this machine we're on has been blown into about eight separate pieces. Are you sure? Well, of course I'm sure. Get up and look for yourself if you don't believe me. Well, then that must have been the explosion. Doctor, d does that mean the TARDIS has gone? Yes, Jamie. And that means we'll never get it back. I don't understand. Why would anybody want to blow up a space machine? Sabotage, perhaps. What about those men that tried to kill us? Well, I, I think they were here to defend the machine. That would explain why they were so unfriendly towards us. Well, what you're seeing is that we've landed ourselves in the middle of some sort of war in space. Now we're just floating aimlessly on a bit of dead. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Regenerated. I'm Matt, and I'm joined by Becky. A very sleepy Becky. Well, yes. Uh, normally, we would normally record these in the evening, but because it's quite warm here in Britain at the minute as we're recording this, we decided to do it in the morning as it's a little bit cooler. So And less noisy. Becky's only been up for about 10 minutes. Yeah, just about. Yes. Still um, not had caffeine, no? No, no. So this week we have the Space Pirates. So before we start uh, getting into the Space Pirates, this is our 50th episode, Becky, of Regenerated. So we've done 50 episodes. And I think we have to do a disclaimer before we get into the Space Pirates. Out of all the 49 episodes, I think we tried to find the, find the best in the Doctor Who episodes, uh, even the bad ones. Um, but I think the disclaimer is, I think this is going to be an overly negative look at the Space Pirates because... It was boring. Yeah, I didn't find it that good, to be honest. So it's going to be like um, an honest op opinion is that, you know, going into this one, we didn't find it that great. So if that's uh, something you don't like, you know, if you don't like negativity, then I would suggest you skip this and go to The War Games, which will be the last episode of Patrick Troughton. But like I say, we're going we're gonna to go through this one quite honest and brutal, I think, as well this week with the Space Pirates. What are you on about? I'm always honest and brutal. Well, yes, but we normally look at the... the we normally see the, the good in the bad with Doctor Who, but I you think do. this week it's very hard to find the good. There is a little bit of good, but it's overly bad. That's the problem, I I'm think. I'm good at looking at for the good and the bad, but the problem is if there is none, then there is none. Yep, and I think this is going to be a bit of a shorter episode as well, because like I say, there's not really much to talk about with this episode, because we didn't find it that good. But we will go through some of the little details and see what we can pick out of the... Uh, out of the remains of the episode. So this one was the 8th of March to the 12th of April, 69. So this, obviously now getting to, like you said, uh, a couple of weeks ago, or so for the last few weeks, is we're getting into the 70s now with John Pertwee. Like this is the second to last episode serial of uh, Patrick Choughton. A little bit of a, let's say, a letdown, but 
What can you do? This one was written by... Well, apart from the fact of the titles where they kept basically flashing. Well, yeah, but that yeah, could it be... It made my eyes go scooby Yeah, but that could be a thing to do with the telly snaps. Yeah, I know, but it made my eyes go scooby But anyway, this one was written by Robert Holmes. He did the Crotons, and obviously when we did the Crotons, I said he's probably one of the most prolific writers of Doctor Who. And it's a bit of a shame, really, to see that this one's actually... And I, we weren't that... Um, keen on the Crotons, although the Crotons was a lot better than this one. Um, he's had a couple of uh, not very good stories to start off with, which is a bit of a surprise, being as, as some of the stories that he does write in the future with uh, Tom Baker. I think it's just well, a bit of a surprise. You know, that's the thing. Sometimes rookies need a bit of a... Well, that's it. Maybe he's just not finding his flow. Hand. But also you've got to think different producers, different directors, you know, they were moving into a different sort of moving into a different direction with John Pertwee and Tom Baker. So the story stories could be a bit different. And that's probably where he sort of found his feet. And this one was directed by one and only time director, Michael Hart. So let's say um, there's not really... No, he thought it was that bad. They've basically never done it again. Well, you never know. But the trouble is, you know, when you look at the... Um, the ratings for the episodes they're, they're pulling in five million people so you know it's still got a bit of traction there you know but yeah anyway i think what we do is we will do like a little synopsis slash plot outline i think it's the best way to do it taking it off the uh the space pirates fandom wiki page this one is the TARDIS materializes in Earth's future on a space beacon just before it is attacked by pirates. The travelers find themselves trapped in sealed sections of the beacon. It is blown apart and flown to where the pirates will plunder it for precious mineral argonite. They witness a conflict between the pirates and the interstellar space corps led by General Hermac and Major Wayne. <laughs> Wayne. Yeah. That's basically it in a nutshell. And then there's a few little bits with um, the leader of the mining, uh, space mining uh, company, uh, Madeline. And What's with a helmet? Well, I don't know. Yeah, they, To me, the outfits are very reminiscent. I know you haven't seen it. but Spathals. No, I'm just going to say they're very reminiscent of ro- uh, Rollerball from the 70s. with Never this film, seen it. Film with James Caan. Never seen it. It looked very much like that. But the helmets look very much reminiscent of Dark Helmet. Well, yeah. Well, like I've said before, you know, Spaceballs is a satire on some of, of things like this, so maybe they, you know. Is it kind of stupid? That's like a cross between a Darth Vader helmet and maybe a Maybe Mel Brooks helmet. was a, is a, a Doctor Who fan. I think it was Mel Brooks that wrote it. Yeah. So maybe he was a Doctor Who fan. But, you know, it's just like, it's like a cross between like a Darth Vader helmet. And the whole bit of go down the nose, sort of like a Roman helmet. Mm. You got to think Langle that when Saxon. when they write these stories, they try and make it look different to the previous story with the the costumes and the setting and that sort of thing. There's one point to note that I saw a little bit of trivia with this uh, serial was that the sort of um, they depicted space a lot differently than what they normally do. They actually depicted it as like a black canvas with no light, uh, no stars, close up. And I was reading it's probably because with this is about the yeah, time when they had the when Apollo you have stars close up. Um, 
they only look like that from down on Earth. They don't look like that in space. Well, yes, but the thing is, previous serials when they're in space, you do get that. They did put the stars in and that. And I think it's because at this time they had the Apollo missions and they actually had footage from space. So I'm thinking that they actually obviously watched that and they've used that. And in the in the serial, I thought it was a quite interesting trivia point is that, you know, now we're getting into they know what space looks like now so they can put a bit more realism yeah into you Doctor can't Who. see stars in space so the first episode i'm not like that anyway the first episode starts off with this ship docking with like you say these this beacon called uh alpha one where these pirates basically are stealing these compartments that contain this rich this rich mineral called argonite the first bit of this serial is quite uh, I found it very different because I did clock it. It was 14 minutes before the Doctor and his companions actually arrived in the serial. So it was kind of just over, like, if you think of an episode, it's 24 minutes long. You only had 10 minutes of the Doctor in that first episode. It's a really, really strange way of opening the serial. It's not to have the Doctor in. I and thought he didn't come in at all at episode 2. No, no, he was in that episode 1. Oh, right. And... I found that there's a lot of loss, there's a lot of disposition in this serial, with a lot of standing around and talking about things and all these space what pirates cool and that. Yeah, and that kind of, to me that upset the flow of the serial well, as yeah, well. Yeah, because it's pure and simple fact. If you're gonna have water cooler gossip, you need a water cooler. You know, not very much um, action as well. You know, it's basically you know, like I say, in a nutshell, pirates pillaging this raw material. And that's kind of it. You know, the Doctor just has to stop them. And he does it with a, a host of characters that had uh, very interesting accents. Fainting. <laughs> yes. Um, very, would you say, very Americanized, or at least put on American accents. Yeah. You know, you had uh, Warren. That's who it is, not Wayne. It's Warren. Um, he had this really weird... Wine, not Wayne. But well, yeah, Wayne, Wayne. It's all irrelevant. It doesn't really matter because the cereal's so bad. Um, yeah, you kind of had him who had a, like a really weird accent, and I'd be very interested to know if that was his real voice or not. I think it's a put-on voice. It sounds like it's a kind of one of them bad attempts at an American accent. I don't know. To be honest, that kind of struck me as a cross between sort of a Viking accent slash um, either Canadian or American. And for the people, really pe and for the listeners at home, um, Warren is a person who looks for us British, British people. He looks a lot like James Buckley from the Inbetweeners. Don't say it. Well, he did. I think you need to go back and have a look, Becky. I thought he had a bit of a similarity to James Buckley. We watched enough of the Buckleys, so you well, can, yes, you um, know. Yeah, and uh, obviously then there's Clancy, who's like got this sort of... Uh, and we know you have an obsession with the Buckleys and the barbecue. And well, That's why yeah. you keep going about getting another barbecue. It is barbecue season at the minute, though, Becky, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but I still say a pizza oven. Mm, yes. Pe yeah. pizza oven. Well, yeah, it would be, would be nice. We'll have I to, like pizza. We'll have to see. I swear, you know. in a previous life, I must have been Italian. Or, or I or must have Italian roots somewhere. Or a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. No, green don't suit me, you know that. Uh -huh, yes. Um, but, no, I think either that. Well, 
you know, at the end of the day, one of our children has weirdly olive skin, yet no one in the family has olive skin from any side. Mm. So there must be somewhere in the genes That's that must myth. be sort of Mediterranean. That's a myth. No, it isn't. You know, you could easily have, like, come on, the other two are completely pasty as hell, like me. You know, I'm like, I, I resemble Casper, you know. So it's just, you know, there must be somewhere, like, back in, way in the past, there must have been something Mediterranean or Italian or... Yes. I um, forgot to mention um, that, like I say, this is... Well, I'm not keen on back... Um, Backwards or whatever it is. Mm. So it can be great. I yeah, forgot to mention, this is six episodes, one in the archives, uh, five missing. So that made it also extra difficult to get through with the telly snaps. Uh, this is the... There was actually a live one? Yes. Uh, this is the last mm. serial as well to be completely missing, obviously, as we get into the end of uh, Pat Trotten's era. Thank God. This is the last one. So episode six is officially the last missing episode of Doctor Who. I must admit, them telly snaps have been getting on my nerves. It was It was... It was okay. There was there's a little bit of footage from some of the episodes yeah, still there that they splice into the telly snaps, which is always a nice little thing. But overall, the telly snaps are just oh, they're just so difficult to to follow, um, yeah. especially when there's not a lot of dialogue or they're running from A to B and it's like just a narration and that's subtitled on the bottom of the screen. It's very very difficult yeah, to follow, and I found that very very detrimental to this serial. Well, that's the thing. Normally, you know me, I tend to do two things at once and a lot of the time I stand up crocheting while I'm watching Doctor Who. And the problem is, is when I'm having to watch Terry Snaps, I can't do that. Mm. So, yeah, the first, like, nearly three quarters of this episode is all about that. Pirates mm. nicking Luckily the Argonite. And then the Doctor uh, materialises in the TARDIS with Jamie and Zoe. They're basically on this beacon the pirates come to this beacon, they put a bomb onto it, it ends up blowing up with the Doctor inside and then the compartments set, separate from the beacon and that's the end of the first episode and it is as simple as that, you know, this is a very simple episode, very simple serial that like I said, didn't really have much to it. You know, episode two was the live one and it didn't really make much difference to the uh, watch either. It just, to me, just wasn't that enjoyable. So episode two... Like say, this is where Milo comes into it. He's kind of like a renegade in a rickety old rocket. He, I think he works. See, this is the, this is also the other thing about not really liking the serial. You don't really pay too much attention to it. You're kind of just watching it for the sake of it. Um, yeah, but what it, to be honest, right? What annoys me is the fact of these blimmin' spaceships that come along. From front on, they look like a plague doctor's mask. Well, the pirate ship did have a like pointy snout type thing. Yes. Yeah, it really was really odd. I just thought it was really, really ironic that they designed and built a ship that actually can dock into the beacons perfectly. That yeah, was quite but that's the thing. It was, you know, I think it was more of the fact of, you know, they were built by someone else and the other ones had nose cones and that one was sort of like... Mm. Pinched. Yes, this whole this whole second episode is basically the Doctor, Zoe, and Jamie in uh, the compartment for the whole episode. That is kind of it, you know. And they're trying to sort of um, escape. In the end, Milo comes aboard and shoots Jamie, and you get that emphatic sort of shout from Zoe saying, "You've killed him!" And then that's the end of the episode. And let's say for you know for the only live episode in the series, it's not really that 
that much of a good one, to be fair. So episode three, um, this is where uh, the Doctor, Jamie and Zoe end up going with Milo. They sort of suspect he's working with the pirates. They end up landing on the planet uh, Tar, I think it is, uh, where they discover that this is where the pirates are, are have made their base to mine this Argonite. And then the end of this episode is where they're in the rock's face and the mining corporation, I think it's the mining corporation, they sort of just stumble upon the Doctor, Zoe and Jamie, and they end up having to run. They end up slipping down a mine shaft, and that's the end of episode three. Episode four is basically they're in a cell, and they have to then escape. They find Sorba, who was working for the mining corporation on one of the beacons, because... They have the idea that because these beacons keep getting like py, uh, what's the what's the word? It's when pillaged, I think is the word as well, um, by the pirates that they have to put men onto the Pillage the beacon, thunder. and Sorber is oh. one of them. They then uh, attack the beacon. They end up taking Sorber as a hostage and injure him. They have to escape the cell by this audio lock, and. As they open the door, Milo comes through this secret door. He's kind of knowledgeable about this planet because he, like I say, works for the mining um, company. I think he was like a founder with the head of the mining corporation, Madeline's father. He's There's a subplot where he's accused of murdering her father, but we find out that that's not actually true. He's actually just been sort of um, locked away, I think, by the pirates. The leader of the pirates is... Uh, Cavern, I think his name is. Yep. Uh, he locked uh, her father away. Them two are working together, Cavern and Madeline. Obviously, she's unknown. She knows that he's been locked away. So that's when the relationship sort of turns sour a little bit and she kind of decides that she wants to overthrow him. Uh, the end of the episode is where they go up to the mining uh, headquarters where the Doctor and Milo are trying to tell Madeline about these pirates uh, that are actually on this planet. They're not listening, as always, it seems, in these uh, stories. They try and tell people. They never listen. Uh, in the end, Sorber is killed by Cavan as he walks in. Then we get into episode five, where like, so we find out Madeline's working with the pirates. Doctor Jamie and Zoe and Milo, they get trapped in this room where her father is, like we say, and then this rocket... Um, is automatically launched with the Doctor behind it and he's sort of caught in the smoke and becomes lifeless and then that's the end of episode 5 and then episode 6, Jamie and Zoe find the Doctor, they help him out basically the pirates are defeated again I keep saying about weakness the pirates have a, a weakness and it's exploited as usual and then they're defeated and then uh, the Doctor persuades Milo to take him, Jamie and Zoe back to one of the compartments which holds the TARDIS and that is it. And I thought also for this serial, the Doctor, Jamie and Zoe aren't in it very much either. It's very it's very sub-character heavy with the mining corporation, uh, the pirates, Milo on his own. That's kind of what's driving this serial. Uh, serial. Yeah. It's not really the Doctor at all. I read something... I read something about the sixth episode where the Dr. Jamie and Zoe's footage is pre-recorded as they were recording it uh, because they'd already moved on to the war games, the very last one. 
So they were already thinking about the end very quickly. Yeah. And it does show, you know, like Jamie's not really like I've got issues with Jamie now in these serials. They're writing him very weak. He's not like what he used to be. They used to really write him really strong. Now he's just being a bit stupid and very headstrong, like bit the, careless. The, the sequence in episode two where Milo walks into the compartment. He literally just lunges he's, at him. He's being a bit careless and a bit you know, gun ho. Well, you know, he does though. He was a being a bit gun ho. Yeah, and he just like lunges at Milo, and he doesn't really know what's actually happening anymore. And it's just, I don't know. I just, it's kind of the end of Jamie. Like I said, I said last week that Fraser Hines actually wanted to leave the show by now, but they persuaded him to stay, and. I don't know how... I can't remember how they write him in the War Games. We'll have to find that out. But, yeah, it's just... He's not written very well. I think Zoe... Zoe keeps getting, like, a little bit of, like... She has to get that sciencey bit in every now and again. Mm-hmm. And it always depends on who's writing the serial. Depends on whether or not she gets a lot of the sciencey bit or not. There's this, like, this little bit where she says, oh, it's, it's something along the lines of... She's come up with this formula or something... And the doctor says, oh, and she says, well, any genius would know that or something like that. Yeah. And she actually smarts the doctor for once, which I think is a little bit pretentious. It, it was written a little bit pretentious how she done it, to, to my point of view anyway. Uh, there's a nice little bit of, um, I think there was a nice little bit of comedy in there as well from the doctor, just a small bit. Again, it takes a good writer to write that comedy. You know, uh, that's it. It's in episode four. There's a little bit of comedy with the sort of panel on the uh, wall where the doctor sort of gets electrocuted, electric shocked. Mm-hmm. So nice little bit of comedy. But I think overall, as I'm watching it back, and we will go through Patrick Troughton's error as the doctor and the comedy aspect, it's not as comedy filled as what I th- remember it being or think it is. There is comedy in it, and he is a little bit of like. A little bit of a clown, but overall, the, the comedy's not really overly there. Yeah. It's quite interesting, but we will go it through It just that seems week. like towards the end of his sort of era, that the comedy's a bit less. Mm. He definitely, he, he must definitely know he's leaving now. I would, You know, one serial left, he must know he's out and somebody else is replacing him in the role. Because... Yeah, he is still playing the Doctor the way he plays the Doctor. and But I just think that they kind of just used this episode serial as a stepping stone to get to the next one, which is the War Games. Yeah. Which, like we said last week, we're going to uh, we're actually going to stack these episodes. So we are actually going to record this one this week as well as we're recording this one to sort of end it and then have a week's week off and then go straight into Patrick... Tra- uh, sorry, go into John Pertwee. Um. So yeah, that's it. that's the space part. Like I say, there's not really too much to really talk about. I didn't really like the performances of the supporting cast. I didn't think there was any standout ones. You know, all I think back to is the I think it was the invasion with Kevin Story playing. Um, what was his name? Uh, I know his first name was Tobias. I can't remember what his second name is now. It's just gone out of my head. But yeah, Kevin Story was in that and he was really good in that. He was like a powerhouse of an actor and probably stole the whole serial, to be fair. Uh, and also, 
oh, we'll go through it as well. But thinking about Unit and the Brigadier, he's not actually in this series, uh, Patrick Trevins era very much either. And mm. I thought he was in it a little bit more than this. But yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. I know going forward, and John Pertwee is in it a lot more. So if we sort of now go to, like I said, it's going to be a short and sweet episode this week, just because, like I said, there's not too much to talk about. And not being funny, next week's episode is probably going to be a lot bigger as well, a bit longer, because we've got the 10 episode War Games, and then we've got to wrap up Patrick Troughton's era and what we thought and the best bits, and also put them polls into rankings, uh, polls into order, shall I say. Anyway, I think we'll go to uh, Mark Campbell's verdict. An attempt to emulate the slicked Americanized Thunderbirds, this serial is a clinically directed, lamely acted flop in which the regulars hardly appear. A 2 out of 10. And I think he's probably got a spot on there. It is a 2 out of 10. I think it is one of the weakest ones uh, that Patrick Trout has done. We think the Underwater Menace is probably the weakest one, followed closely by the Crotons. But now I'm starting to think that maybe this one is now the weakest one. Uh, that we have seen in the poll again 241 episodes this one comes in at 235 very much at the bottom of the pile so i think everyone's agreeing that this one is actually not that great you know we've watched things like the keys of marinus and the web planet from uh, william hartnell's era and you know i've read that they've been slated by people for the fans and they were rubbish and we watched them actually we thought they were quite good so we do actually see the uh the positives and the negatives this time it's just very very hard i would give it a two out of ten as a ranking and that's being generous uh to be fair what would you say becky about the same what was the what did you think the, the overall issues with the space pirates was it sucked well, yeah, so that goes without saying, but a bit more analytic, analytical. Lack of plot, lack of storyline. Plot of, is storyline, um, isn't it? Not necessarily. It didn't really have a direction. I, I know what it you're did, saying. It didn't basically... Well, no, because the storyline, you know, the story is basically how the plot proceeds. It's not the same thing. The plot is basically the fair way you get given, well, this is what happens. But the story is basically how it is followed through. It is completely different from a plot. You know, I got a good grades in English. Shut up. Point is, um, you know, that kind of sucked. The story, basically following the story, didn't go very far either. The characters kind of sucked. The costume sucked. Um, and the fact the Doctor and Zoe and Jamie weren't really in it very much. And, you know, and Tally Snaps. Yeah, I think all of that mixed into a pl- uh, into a, a cooking pot made this one. Made it a big, the fit, worst suck cereal that, you, that we've seen, I think, as well. Like you say, well, Doctor and Jamie. The suckiest cake known to man. Yeah, and the trust Doctor. Me, I've, all right, I've never had cakes where I've made them and they've gone crap because, you know, that doesn't happen to me. But... There have been times where I've had one. See, to me, if I if I was been nasty, if I was writing this and I knew Patrick Troughton was leaving, it's I, the carrot cake of Doctor Who. If you I, know, I'm not one for having you know me. 
vegetables don't belong in cake. Yeah, if I was uh, the producer or whoever, you know, the runner or whatever, whoever's in, whoever's in charge of the st- uh, stories, like picking the stories and that, uh, knowing that Patrick Chan was leaving, if I fantasy writ it, I would, I would have had the Daleks here. I would have brought the Daleks back for one last go just before he left, and then. I think, you know, because they haven't been in it for a while. And I understand that, you know, they did have Dalek saturation and there were too many Dalek cereals and they kind of overused them and had to retire them for a little they while. They used Cybermen more, Patrick well, Triton, than well, Daleks. Well, that's it. Maybe had the Cybermen come back, but then they were only in a couple of episodes ago, you know. So it's very difficult. Yeah, they were kind of stuck here. what I'm saying is you say about Dalek saturation, but you've had loads of them in Cybermen stories of Patrick Triton. Well, they're the new villain, you know. They have to sort of yeah, so you cement them eased, into the legacy really of Doctor Who. Yeah, the Daleks in a while, so... Yeah, exactly. They could have put that one there. Yeah, they could have. So, yeah, that is the Space Pirates. Sorry it's overly negative, but I'm afraid we have to say what we <laughs> if see. If it sucks, it sucks. So, next week is... We can't control whether it sucks or not. At the end of the day, we just have to go by, basically, how it is and... Unfortunately, how it is, it sucks. Yeah, and next week is the very final serial of Patrick Troughton. You sort my neck big... curtain out. Right, randomly. Randomly say into the middle of the podcast, thanks for that, Becky, as I'm trying to wrap it up. Yeah, that's what I do. Well, that's what we do. We say what we see. So, yes, next week's 10 episodes War Games. And that's basically ruched all my neck curtain up. Oh, well, I don't think yeah, I don't think listeners are really too bothered about that. To be I fair. don't know. There could be some people on there with OCD and mm. not like the fact that my curtain neck curtain's yes, ruched up. Yes, and all the way they're, probably now, they're probably now going crazy, being as they don't, they will never know whether I've done it or not. I'll so let th- you Thanks know. for that, Becky. Anyway. More than likely it will be done in about six weeks. Yeah. So next week's 10 episodes, War Games, the final serial of Patrick Troughton. And we'll do a little roundup of Patrick Troughton's era and what we thought. Good, bad, the ugly, shall we say. Uh, and then we'll put that uh, episodes that we polled into order to see what the fans thought was the worst to the best. And I think we'll also do that with uh, Mark Campbell's episode guide as well. I think we'll mm. put his ratings at the worst to the best. So until then, we like we say, sorry, it's overly negative, but it's just the way it is. I'm afraid. If yeah, anyone, if anyone's out there, if anyone's out there listening and they actually like the Space Pirates, then again, we're all uh, open how? to everyone's opinion. So let us know in the uh, social medias that yeah, will be how in the, and the why description. We specify don't know, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it might be something how? that they see that we didn't, and it'll be interested to know. So let us know yeah, on social how? medias. Like I said, short episode this week because, like I say, there's not much to talk about. And we've got that big bumper episode coming next week, which I think I anticipate is going to be quite a long one. Not overly long. Not like four Matt hours long. And if up but... again next time, he might end up basically having a sore arm by the time we get to recording. Right. Okay, then. And on that note, I think we'll leave it there. So I'll say goodbye and say goodbye, Becky. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> 